Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Love SE, the podcast. This is episode 43. And this week, I want to talk about a term slash phrase. I don't know what the correct thing is um, that Angelina M. Lopez mentioned at the boozy book broads event that is put on with Love Sweet Arrow that they had with Diana Biller. And the term is warm hug romance. Um, she was talking about rereads. And so when she mentioned it, um, I think this came about, if I remember correctly, some one of the questions asked of, uh, of her, Melanie, Danielle, and Diana was, what are you reading right now? And she had mentioned that, you know, when she's obviously writing, she just doesn't have the time to really be reading and she's really focused on her writing. So she doesn't really read, but she, I think is, has just finished a project. So she had time to read and she was going back and reading, you know, rereading some of the older romance that she had read in the past that had really been sort of one of the reasons why she'd gotten into the genre. And when she mentioned that, I immediately had thoughts because there are certain romances that I reread that feel like warm, like a warm hug. Like it's a comfort read. Um, It's a read that feels wonderful and like a fuzzy, warm Sherpa slipper on a cold night kind of thing you know like you're sipping hot chocolate or cider or tea or coffee with a lovely blanket made up of some sort of material that feels cozy and um there's light rain outside that pattering of you know light rain but you're indoors and it's warm you have some candles going and it just feels so very warm and there are books that I think do that for us uh, as readers and so I wanted to talk about two specifically that um I do I mean there are lots of books that I you know reread uh if you've listened to this podcast ever you know that I am a huge Nalini Singh fan and a lot of her books I have reread um but I wanted to focus like on a novella that always gives me sort of a wonderful warm sort of like it's such a perfect bite of a romance because it since it's a novella it's not that long so sometimes like I've literally like sometimes just read that one before bed and been like "Mm, this was delightful okay sleepy times um so I wanted to talk about these two and sort of then talk about because there are, are other romances that um I've go back to and Angelina also mentioned that there were some that you know you go back and you're like ooh, the consent of this is a bit iffy or some of the themes in this romance are a little dated a little a little too dated it feels a little old um and so I also wonder like like how did how can that change but first I kind of really want to focus on like the warmth of it and if you're not someone who ever really goes back and rereads, think of romance novels or novellas that you read that, you know, brought you like, that felt warm. I, I mean, I don't know how how better to describe it. Um, maybe it'll make more sense if I'm like explaining each book. I mean, I'm only talking about two, but maybe it'll make more sense as I break that down because I'm, I feel like there's more to it than like the book that made you feel warm because you might be like warm in my loins, warm in like my tender bits or just like warm, warm as in hot, warm as in moist. Uh, I had to. Sorry, guys. You might be like, yo, this girl said that word. I had to. I just I couldn't I couldn't help myself. I could I could not help myself. Um, I don't mean in that sense. It, I mean it in the sense that you read it and you're just like oh, contentment. You're filled with contentment, not contempt, but content. Um, I realize that does sometimes the way my mouth moves it might sound like anyway but 
yeah, that's, so I'm going to start with the first one, um, which this one, um, was, it's part of a series, which I didn't realize for the longest time. I think I literally just realized that this week and I'm like, oh wait, I could read the other brothers. I'm a dum-dum. Where, where have I been? But anyway, um, uh, I don't even remember how I came across the book. The book is called Dancing in the Moonlight by Rayanne Thane. And I have no idea how I came across. It's an ebook. I have the ebook. I, I mean, it was a Harlequin special edition. So I'm assuming a paperback uh, version exists, if not multiples. I don't remember how this came into my life. I don't know how I found it, where I bought it. What I have no, I could not tell you guys. It is just in my library in Google Play Books because I have books in iBooks or Apple Books. I have books on Kindle. I have books on Kobo. Um, you know, anyway, I don't know how I got this book. I think I must have just read the blurb. Um, and been like, or the synopsis, whatever, and been like, yes, give to me. But this book um, has, so our main characters in um, Dancing in the Moonlight, we've got Jake Dalton. He's a rural doctor, right? So he's a doctor, a general practitioner in the town of Pine Gulch, Idaho, I believe it is. Um, I don't know if that Pine Gulch is real or if it's just made up. Um, so it's a small town romance, which I have read. I mean, I read, a, I want to say a significant amount of Diana Palmer's backlist. So I read a lot of a small town, but that's a whole other, I'll get to that later. Um, but sometimes as I, I realize now that I look back and sometimes I was like, eh, about small town because it, small town never felt like it represent, like it didn't look anything like me, right? Like I'm a black woman. My parents are from Latin America because I'm Afro-Latina. And then I kept reading small town that was like, you know, like white, which is fine. But there was always a little bit of a disconnect there or not a disconnect. Like sometimes I just be like, oh my God, okay. Another girl with blonde hair, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I guess everyone's blonde. Boring. You know, like, it'd be fun sometimes when I'd be like, oh, she's a redhead. Oh, sweet. Change base. Change base. She's a redhead. Um, carrot top. Okay, I'll take it. But anyway, this is, uh, so we've got Jake Dalton, right? A rural doctor. And then we've got Magdalena Cruz. And yeah, I don't know how to say that the English way. Um, yes, Magdalena Cruz. And I remember I read that and I'm pretty sure that's what grabbed me. I was just like, wait, <laughs> she's Spanish. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I think I read, like, you know, started reading. I was like, oh, and she's not like Spanish from Spain. Um, Mexican-American. And I was like, hmm. And I remember when I read it at the time, I hadn't seen much of that. Uh or I felt like I had seen heroes who were ethnic. But heroines who were ethnic. I was like, hmm, this is a new one. But not only that, in this book, Rayanne takes the um, wounded war veteran trope and flips it. And that, I think, is one of the reasons why I come back to this book so many times. Um, in the sense that, like, it's a re... I know, because I've read it, obviously, more than once, that I'm going to enjoy it, that I love, you know, seeing Jake and Magdalena, um, who I, her mom calls her Lena. I don't know if it's supposed to... I'm pretty sure it's Lena. Um, and their journey together. Now, you're probably going, like, so, to explain, Esther. What do you mean? So, uh, one of, I. I'm calling it a trope. I don't know if it is, but I'm calling it a trope because I've seen this sort of story before in the sense that like you've got someone who was wounded at war and they've returned home and they've returned to their small, usually they've returned to their small town because they are returning wounded, whether the wound is you know, loss of sight or loss of limb. In Magdalena's case, it's a loss of a, you know, partial 
partial loss of a limb. Um, and they're returning home because they know, they believe that they can no longer be productive members of society or whatever they did pre, you know, amputation. They can no longer do. They no longer believe that anyone will love them. And so they are determined and, you know, expect to be alone the rest of their lives. Very often their fiance has left them, whether right at the moment of, you know, being admitted to the hospital or, you know, a little after. But it's this this character that has come home to sort of lick their wounds in private and is angry at everything and is expecting to be bitter and alone forever. Now, you're probably like, oh, okay, so, like, why does this, like, you sounded excited about this. Not excited, but, you know, like, this is terrible. But what Rayanne does is she gives us this trope, but our heroine is the one who is wounded, who is trying to pull away from everything, who has come home to sort of hide and and reevaluate her life, who believes that no one is going to, that no man is going to want her because she isn't whole, whose fiancé, who was like a surgeon, um, left her and was like, kind of like, ooh, skirt, like, oh, can't handle this. So I say that because... I can't remember having read, I personally haven't read, I don't believe, any other romance where the wounded war veteran is the heroine. I've definitely read heroes, you know, um, who are like that. I've definitely read many, many heroes, whether they're a Marine, a Navy SEAL, you know, just in the Army, whatever. I've definitely read many, 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 many dudes who lost an arm, a leg, you know, an eye, hearing. Uh, Hearing is actually not that common. Usually it's a leg or an arm or their sight and are determined to be angry and bitter because no one wants them their fiance who (laughs) often is a blonde woman um leaves them in the dust because their fiance didn't truly love them they just you know wanted or which that's also another conversation of like why is it in these situations that the fiance is like this evil woman i mean some people just can't handle anyway that's a whole other conversation but in this book, right, it's our heroine who is the one who's like, I'm not whole and I'm not worthy and I'm just coming home to figure out what I'm going to do with my life because she was a nurse practitioner and she's like, I'm losing, you know, like uh, one of my legs was amputated just below my knee. I, I can't be a nurse practitioner. This is it. It's over. So then what we then see is that our hero, Jake, right, Dalton, the, or his full name is Jacob, but whatever. Um, Jake is the character um, that often when we're seeing this trope, you know, the opposite way, gen- you know, um, the opposite way gender wise, it's the female, it's the woman character who's like showing this, you know, wounded man that, He is still a whole human, a whole man, and he can, you know, she does love him, and there is a future, and he can find another avenue of work, or sometimes continue the same kind of work he did before, and so instead, we see that from Jake's point of view. Jake is this doctor who wants to be there for Magdalena, and wants to show her, you know, how much she matters and how important she is and believes that she is capable of continuing to live her life in spite of what has happened. You know, her life isn't over because she is now an amputee um, when she's lost a limb. She is still able to live a whole life. And I think that sticks with me a lot because I go back and I read it again and I'm always just like, there's something so pleasing about 
it being um, a, a male character that is saying these things. Because often, these, not often, I feel that's a generalization, but a lot of the romances I've read where the, the trope has the characters, you know, differently, it's like men are just like, oh, can no longer, you know, like they, Jake is a guy who is like, I can, we can work past, we can work with this, as opposed to being a guy who's like, oh God, no, <laughs> she's missing a foot, Ugh, no, so sorry, I'm gonna need you to have all, you know, two feet and da da you know, like, I think that that really, I mean, I remember at the time when I first read it, which again, I don't remember how long ago it was, it was a while ago, um, that stood out to me and really appealed to me that like, he was the one that was showing her sort of the way out of the dark, you know, sort of abyss she's in and that she is the one who you know, was a lieutenant and went off to, to war. And by f- and it seems like really simple, right? Because literally all the author Rand did was sort of flip the, you know, keep sort of the same, you know, parts of that trope but make it not be the guy but be the woman right and yet reading that for me was like because I think not only was she Mexican-American but she was disabled I feel like you know having read as much romance as I'd had up to that point I hadn't seen a lot of that I had not seen um because I'm I'm literally like now trying to code my brain for examples of disabled characters that are women. And I'm sure that there's been one or two, you know, with you know some sort of walking disability, but the wounded war vet, I think this is the only one I can recall um off the top of my head. The other like interesting trope that's in this book is there's like a family feud but not really um Magdalena's father uh and Jake's father had you know business deal that went sour well Jake's father basically conned Magdalena's father out of a shit ton of money um but what we realized and Magdalena's father then you know dies because of, you know, reasons, and she blames the Daltons. But what I thought was really interesting is that she was so angry at the Dalton, the the sons of this man. Um, But her mother and his mother were like, and we find out, you know, almost towards the end of the book, you know, that her perception of what had happened um, was skewed because she didn't have all the facts, um, as happens when you're young and you see something bad happen to your parent and you don't necessarily have all of the information. So you're, you know, you build, um, an image of, or a story of how things went down that can be incorrect. And so it's, you know, the family feud type trope, sometimes I like it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, this is dumb. Why are you feuding? I don't care. This is pointless. Please stop. And so I liked that we had, you know, this trope that was flipped on its head. And then we've got a little bit of this family feud going on. There's a little bit of, you know, a little sort of secondary love story happening with her mom. Um, and all of it together just created a story that I, you know, I reread. And every time I reread it, I'm like, ah, yes, I enjoy this. This is delightful. And this is a book that, you know, was published in 2006. We're now in 2020. It's 14 years old. So it's not a young book. But I do feel like it has, it isn't dated i mean it's dated in certain things like uh, i don't think there's any mentions of cell phones which even in a small town today there would be mentions of cell phones and like 
internet. That being said, it's also rural Idaho. So maybe that's still true to this day. I don't know if you're from Idaho and you're listening and you're like, oh, girl, actually, let me know because I don't know. But, you know, it doesn't feel dated in terms of like the way in which the characters treat each other. Right. The way in which Jake treats Magdalena, Magdalena treats him doesn't feel dated in part because what they're dealing with are things that people are dealing with today and will be dealing with tomorrow like they've dealt with it yesterday people who have lost limbs navigating what their life is like now and how that looks like and dealing with you know the complicated feelings because we live in you know a society that prizes able-bodiedness right that puts able-bodiedness on a pedestal and if you do not read you know if you cannot be that supposedly then you are no longer deemed you know worthy right so that is not a for it's not a concept that oh that's what they did back then but you know unfortunately um (laughs) we still have those issues today and so i think because in part of that we're the story doesn't feel like, oh, skirt, skirt. I mean, it also, there's, oh, there's also, a, you know, mentions of immigration. And, um, and I think that all of that comes together in a way that I read it, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this was, this felt like a warm hug. Now, you might be like, but there were some, like, heavy duty themes like a warm hug I guess it's a warm hug for me in that like I read it and I know that I'm gonna enjoy it and I love it and I love seeing you know Jake and Magdalena figure out you know their path together right it isn't easy because she's so so filled with negativity at first and it's weird because she clearly is you know pushing herself to you know do as much as she can because she wants to be as able as she was before the amputation but it's also like she in terms of like her personal life she's like oh it's just it's over and Jake's like it isn't um and so seeing the two of them navigate that and you know I think I'd mentioned in a previous episode that I sometimes enjoy um not sometimes I do enjoy books romances where the male the hero the hero the hero realizes he's in love and isn't like oh god this is the worst news ever or like it takes like extraordinary things to happen for him to be like are these feelings love is that what oh is that what this is oh I, I didn't even know i had no idea i'm so confused in in this one jake you know realizes how he feels um before she does and he's not like oh that's fucked up and now I have to run away and figure out how to root, you know, get rid of these feelings. He's like, yep, this is how I feel now, you know, I'm going to continue to be around her and hope that, you know, she can come to feel the same for me. And I appreciate that because, and I feel like the, let me run away from my feelings or let me pretend my feelings aren't really my feelings. I feel like I see that more in, you know, certain historicals, not so much, but I, but no, there are, you know, um, I did a quick reread of a few Diana Palmer's and was like, some of these heroes, okay. Um, basically acting like they can't say the L word, you know, love because if not, they'll break out in hives and being all like, well, I showed you. And I was like, you could just say it. It's four letters, L-O-V-E, sir get with the program um and so in this case we don't have that right jake very much is like realizes how he feels and doesn't isn't horrified by the thought i think he's surprised in some ways because he was like oh oh this is love like i'm not just like attracted her i this is this more than that but he's not like oh no what the fuck do i do now 
I swore never to love. No, he does not have that problem. Um, And it's more that Jake is like, I'm pretty sure I've always been in love with her. But hey, all right, cool. Um, And so, yeah, I think all of that combines to create this sort of, you know, reading experience that I can come back to because it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't feel dated with the exception of the whole cell phone internet portion and every time I read it and I know I'm going to be you know happy at the end and I'm not going to be disappointed and I'm not going to be like oh I guess I'm just like oh my god yes they're together and they're so cute and I'm so happy um and oh I mean this may seem random to y'all there's an epilogue, but the epilogue isn't like, and then she was pregnant. And but no, the epilogue is like, you know, her mom's sort of like happy ever after. And it's a sweet epilogue without it being like, these people are popping out babies because that's what happens in epilogues. Which don't get me wrong, I don't mind, you know, the baby popping up in the epilogue. I don't care, but I don't mind. Um, but it's kind of nice that that's not exactly what happens. Um, that we see them together and it's at a wonderful, you know, family event, her mom's wedding. But it's not like baby pregnancy or whatever. Um, so if you don't like when you get to epilogues and there's a baby there, this is not one of those. Um, so yeah. All right. So I'm going to pause here and then I'll come back and then I'll talk about the other sort of warm hug reread, um, that I was thinking about when Miss Angelina mentioned the topic. All right. But we pause here for, you know, the commercial that is my voice. (laughs) Okay. I'm back. So the other one, other book uh, that I wanted to talk about is by Nalini Singh, because like I said, guys, I'm a stan. But um, it's a novella. It's a side changeling novella, actually. And it is Stroke of Enticement. And Stroke of Enticement is one of those. I love this novella, A, because in this novella, we get the happily ever after of a character that is mentioned not by name um but by what happens in um oh my god what's his name Caleb's book um and so what ends up happening is in this novella we learn what happens to the young girl that Caleb saves um after a horrible train derailment and so what I loved about that I think Did I read Stroke of Enticement after Caleb's book? I think I read it after. So knowing, so when I read that, it was like, oh my God, this is her. So it it was one of those things where it was really cool because when you're reading in Caleb's book, you're just like, oh, he had this moment of, you know, humanity or whatever. And then you get her novella and you're like, oh, oh my god like what um and then i mean i'm spoiling it but whatever i think it's an allegiance of honor that they come face to face because she ends up with a dark river soldier and um his mate sahara has ties to dark river because she's faith's cousin who is mated to vaughn who is, you know, one of Lucas's sentinels. Anyway, back to stroke of enticement. Um, so our main characters, right, are Annie Kildare, um, who is her her actual first name is Angelica, but she doesn't like it. She considers herself an Annie, which is also an interesting, like name or nickname or diminutive or whatever from angelica because i feel like most people would go angie or angel um or just say angelica uh and so to 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 go to annie i thought was really an interesting 
choice, but I liked it. Now, she's a human woman, um, and she is a teacher. She teaches kids that are around seven years old, and she is teaching, you know, right on sort of the outskirts of the Dark River territory. So she has a number of changeling students in her class because she is very close to um, Dark River um, Dark River's land in Yosemite, which guys, guys, you're all going to laugh, but I grew up in Canada and I do not recall ever seeing Yosemite spelt. So I had no idea what that spelling sounded like. So for the longest time, I, a Canadian who had never heard it said out loud was like, yo's might. And I think, um, I was talking to a friend and she said Yosemite, and I was like, well, screw what? And then I was like, wait. And I think I said Yosemite, and she was like, yo, what? What is that? And I was like, and then I think I spelled it, and she's like, yeah, that's Yosemite. And I was like, who would know? Who would know Yosemite? Uh, how am I going to get that? I, did, I had no idea. Anyway, anyway, I now know that it is not Yosemite, but it is Yosemite. Um, so we've got her and I just realized like after that this heroine also has, um, issues with her. Like she does not have any amputations, but because of a train derailment accident when she was seven, that like literally destroyed her leg, but this is the side changeling world. So they like fitted, you know, repaired her leg with some sort of she calls it plasteel that like grew with her so she didn't have have as many surgeries but she you know can get a limp when she's tired or she's overextended herself or whatever whatever which i was like oh and then magdalena is missing the foot anyway uh i was just like oh interesting that these two hmm 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 and then our hero uh, our other main character is Zach Quinn, and he's uh, both a Dark River soldier and a ranger um, in Yosemite. <laughs> Almost said Yosemite, whatever. And he, of course, he meets her because he's picking up his nephew who's gotten into trouble, and he is the nephew is her student. And then he's him and his cat are like skirt, skirt, wait, wait this is our mate um of course as as not you know he is different um he's a different hero um i feel like okay in parallels to our other guy jake like jake he is doesn't believe that just because something bad had happened to any of the passage she's just incapable of doing things he's like no like if you can't do something, you'll tell me, but I'm going to assume that you can do all the stuff that everyone else does because, you know, why not? And he is very, you know, um, now this is a paranormal, right? The other book was small town, romance, contemporary, whatever. This is, you know, a paranormal, different universe. Um, so as a Dark River leopard, right, he has found his mate and he's so excited about that because that's a huge thing, right? But at the same time, he doesn't, like, want to scare her away because she's human. And, like, humans don't really know all that is entailed by, you know, having a mate. Because she works, you know, literally at the edges of Dark River and has seen, you know, has had a bunch of, you know, changeling students. She knows some things. I feel like in this case, Annie's a character who would know more about some of the stuff about uh, at least she understands that like it happens in a way that like characters who are human in this world who maybe don't live anywhere near um and don't interact with changelings on a regular basis would be like wait what whatever do you mean sort of like um some of the psi characters who end up being mated to changelings right at the beginning of the series who are kind of like wait what i'm your what like i've never heard of this or I didn't even think this applied to me. Um, so in that respect, obviously, it's going to be different from the other book. But 
one of the reasons why I enjoy rereading this novella, I think part of it is because I love reading about the little girl that Caleb saved. And there, the the novella starts with, she writes a letter to Santa that is, you know, just like heartbreaking. And um, I'm going to read part, the part that like grabs me by, you know, grabs me by the organ and, you know, kills me. Um, she goes, I know you can't make my daddy come see me. But I was wondering, since your magic, which is spelled with a J and a C and a K, <laughs> do you think you could send me a friend? Someone fun who wanted to be with me and who didn't care that my leg was all mangled up. And a sentence later, followed by, it would be wonderful to have someone who was mine, someone who didn't have to leave. And I remember the first time I read this novella, I read, you know, I got to that point and already was like, (gasps) because that is such, to know that a child is asking Santa Claus for someone to love them, for someone who will love them enough not to leave, says a lot about what is going on, you know, sort of at home doesn't necessarily mean that their parents don't love them but something is wrong something is dysfunctional for this child to be asking for someone to love them and not to leave them and it's heartbreaking right and so of course I read that and I'm just like oh my god Annie like I hope and then of course you start chapter one and you're like it's Annie so you're like oh the kid who wrote the story who wrote the letter sorry is now the adult that I'm going to be reading about. And one of the things I think that I was like, oh, is that having read, you know, so many of the books in that universe, when changelings mate, they mate for life. This is not like, oh, I made it her and then I got tired and then I made it her and I got tired or I made it him and I was like, "Mm, no, time for a new one, time for an upgrade, time for, no, it's forever is for life so knowing that a dark river soldier a dark river leopard is her mate immediately as the reader we know that you know wish to santa claus when she was a literal child is about to come true because she's about to have someone come into her life who is going to love her and isn't going to leave her ever i mean you know until you know death because Death is inevitable. You are born to die. So sorry. Um, and so that, I like, I remember the first time I read it, I was like, oh my God. So between that and knowing that this was a story of the girl that Caleb had saved, there's something about it that every time I read it, I'm just like, oh. Now, this one is a bit interesting in that, um, I mean, we once again are seen, are shown that like our heroines, you know, parents aren't necessarily perfect I feel like in um dancing in the moonlight it's kind of the you know the dad and his pride in this one it's because both of her parents are alive but it is very clear that her father doesn't love her mother in the same way and the pain that she she Annie has grown up or has seen, you know, her mother always be waiting for this man that she loves to acknowledge her existence and love her back. And that doesn't happen anymore. And so Annie has seen that and is like, so between having this horrible accident and all of the stuff that happened, you know, the way that you stop being treated like you're whole when you have a horrible accident the way that you're treated like you are incapable of anything because oh no something bad happened once and so we cannot let anything bad happen to you again so she's got all of that to deal with on top of the fact that she's seeing her parents have this really shitty sort of relationship and so that is sort of what Zach is up against and he is you know ready you know willing obviously because it she's his main again only one only once um 
but it does, you know, it's a, obviously a different feel from the other book. Um, but in both books, I feel like in both books, I'm seeing um, our heroines who, for better or for worse, don't believe that they deserve love, don't believe that they deserve to be happy, or don't want to run the risk of opening themselves up to the wrong person and, you know, having and being, you know, tossed away because they already think that it'll be so easy for people to do that because in some ways um, the people who who mattered have already done so, right? In Magdalena's case, her fiancé, who was a surgeon, was kind of like, didn't say it with words, but with actions, was repulsed by the loss of her limb. That is, you know, kind of huge. Um, and then in Annie's case, it's seeing her mother, you know, wait for a love and affection that is never coming back. And so we, the, both of them are kind of like, not going to go there, not not even going to try. I'm just going to be over here not doing that. And then both heroes show up and they're like, there's absolutely no reason why you don't deserve to be loved. There's no reason at all. And I'm here to love you. And then both heroines are kind of like, ooh, me though? Like, are you sure? Like, you know, like, you know, when you like, someone points at you and you look around because you don't think they're pointing at you, you're just like, who do they want? They're like, you bitch. And you're like, I don't see, who could they be looking for? Who are they trying to talk to? And they're looking at you like, I say you, 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 you. Um, That's what we see in both of these. And I think you're all going to be like, oh my God. I like that. I do like that. Um, and rereading that and having that happy moment. Doesn't mean that I don't, you know, um, I guess, because I get, I'm trying to think like, why do I like that so much that I go back and I reread it? Because I sometimes, not always, get tired of it. It's like the heroine is the one that's convincing the guy that, He, you know, like, you know, why can't it be the other way around? I mean, it would be great if no one had to convince nobody that they, you know, everyone was like, I woke up and knew that I deserved love. And I went out and I looked for it and I found it. But unfortunately, like a lot of us have issues and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And so, you know, we kind of don't, don't always, you know see what's right in front of us and have to be convinced. Um, but I think in both cases, you know, I reread and I'm just like, pleased. It's, um, it's a moment like when I'm done of like contentment of feeling like, ah, yes, this is great. Right. Um, they got their happy and I got to see it and I loved everything about it. Um, oh, it's like I said, in, in the case of the Nalini Singh one, well, I, I really love the fact that like a character or some, you know, a character that you would have thought you would never hear of again because we were just in Caleb's story and it wasn't, you know, it was one facet of his story, right? That allowed us to see the complexity of that character, the complexity of who Caleb Krychek was or is. But then by giving us a story of that character, um, we then get to see, you know, what... Because also, right, if you only mate once, what would have happened if Caleb hadn't saved Annie? Does that mean... Zach would have never found his mate would the you know in this universe would he found another woman or would he have just ended up in a long-term partnership with someone who wasn't his mate like he loved her but it was never that mate bond that is so talked about amongst changelings because if she you know like what does it 
is it i mean but then of course if you think of it you can't think of it like that because hawk and sienna end up being able to mate or not end up are mated because even though the woman who would have been hawk's mate died he never actually made it with her because they were children when that happened so it is possible that if caleb had never saved annie it doesn't mean that zach wouldn't have had a mate necessarily he could have still had one um but it does make but would it have possibly have been a situation like riaz from snow dancer where he would have found his mate who was human and she would have already been married to someone else and he would have had to figure out his life without her like we don't know, right? We don't know the the what ifs because that's not what happened. What happened is that Caleb did go and save her. Um, and then she ended up being able to grow up into a woman who became a teacher who taught near Dark River and ended up coming into contact with him. And therefore we have a story. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I read, you know, I don't think that I'm like, oh, it's time for the reread. Um, like I think I mentioned that Tiffany Rice's um category romance is a trio. Um, I will be rereading those every, you know, probably at least once a year because all three of them were absolutely fantastic. I don't think I don't reread these like on a schedule. Like I'm not like, but I do just like randomly will be like, I think I'm gonna go, you know. I think I'm going to go read this again. And each time it's like, oh, yes. And it's interesting because sometimes it's like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I've read it more than once. And yet I'm still like, oh, my God, girl, don't reject him. And it's like, you've read this. You know how this ends. (laughs) And yet I'm still very much like, oh, no, please give him a chance. Listen to him. You can work. You can be all that you could be. Like, and then I'm just like, girl, you know that. <laughs> Why are you getting like upset? Or not upset, but I'll get like a little like <gasps> anxious. Like, oh my God, what if? And it's like, you, but not only is it a romance, meaning there's a happily ever after, but you've read it more than once. So you know how it happens. Although sometimes, sometimes the reread is a while, like over a year and a half. So it's like I've, so then it's hazy. So it's not quite clear. And I'm just like, wait, is this, oh, this is what happens. This is how it works out. Um, But sometimes the reread is a lot closer in time. And I'm like, oh, girl, you know what happens. What is wrong with you? Stop acting. Stop getting anxious um, when you know what is going to happen. Um, But yeah, rereading. I mean, rereading is fascinating in several ways, right? Um, rereading can literally feel like warmth and comfort, as Angelina was mentioning. It, mentioning, um, But it can also allow you to pick up on details that you would have missed the first time around, the second time around, the third time around. Um, because I think that sometimes... I do know that for authors that I really, really love. So that's Nalini Singh, Talia Hibber, Jackie Lau, Katrina Jackson, um, Beverly Jenkins, Alyssa Cole, and there's more. Courtney Milan, um, Kit Rocha. Sometimes, not sometimes, often, because I love them so much, a new book comes out and I'm like devouring it. I mean, reading it in one night kind of thing or in two nights and so in rereads I'm able to then focus on details that I just didn't see the first time didn't you know connect the dots because I was just so excited about reading the new book that I just couldn't you know sort of slow down and really sort of savor and pay attention um I definitely have, you know, had that happen where I've gone back and reread and I'm like, oh, totally missed that line. Totally missed that reference. Oh my God, this, this, 
you told us the answer at this point, and I whew, didn't even see that. Didn't even see that. Like fully just okay, what? Um, and so rereading is, you know, can also be fascinating and fun in that way, especially if so I never I still I can't bring myself to like highlight and mark up physical copies. It's like I don't know how. But now that I read a lot on e, you know, digitally, um, I have started, especially with the podcast, I've started to really highlight in my ebooks. And so now that when I go back and I reread certain things, um, depending on how I've how often I have reread it, I may have already highlighted it the first time and then I'm going, oh, I highlighted this or whatever. Or if I haven't, then I'm going through and highlighting certain certain sentences, quotes, whatever. And I'm, you know, suddenly seeing details that I was like, oh, I totally blew past that the first time. Sometimes it's like the the first two times. I just, my brain doesn't connect the dots. My brain is like, mm. and then later I'm like, wait, they were telling us the answer and I missed it. How? Um, but I do enjoy, I mean, obviously reading new romance is awesome, but going back to reread. Oh, also on, on the subject of this, I mean, I had read Lisa Claypool's probably a good 10 years ago, like, you know, the Hathaways and stuff like that. And I, in the last like year and a half, I have reread some of them and when the reread is like such a massive gap like that um sometimes it's like I've started reading the book thinking it's some brand new thing I've never read and then I'm like wait I recall this scenario and then it's like oh I had read this oh that actually happened recently with a uh, Rebecca's Sinetti's series um reads uh, is it reads romance on uh, let me go see what it is um oh my goodness where is she and of course when i'm looking for the person that i'm looking for i cannot find because you know that is how the universe works it boo 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 um Yes, reads underscore romance, um, Teresa. She had mentioned uh, Rebecca Zanetti, like, um, paranormal. And she talked about how much she loved it and how excited she was for it. Um, and I was like, oh, that sounds really kind of cool. Um, and then, so I, you know, went to Libby and found you know, book one in the series, I believe it's a Dark Protector series. And I'm pretty sure that I was probably like eight chapters in and I was like, I could have sworn I read this. Because part of it seems so like I was like, wait, like I was having that deja vu, like I've read this before. And then like, it literally took, you know, eight chapters in for me to be like, I'm not sure when. But at some point, I started to read this. And then, of course, when I got to the end, I realized that whenever I had started to read it, I hadn't finished. And so it was one of those things where it was like, you know, first 12 chapters, totally remember. And then the rest, I was like, nope. I'm pretty sure it's because I didn't read those chapters. Um, but so sometimes that also happens. You know, you go back and reread something many years later either because you don't realize you've already read it so it's not a you know it's an accidental reread not a true reread um or you know for years you'd forgotten you know i i i've also started to reread some of the some of stephanie lauren's um sinister novels which i've been loving and i had also read those many years ago um but it was fun to go back and reread. And when the also when the reread is obviously that so much time in between, it does feel like a brand new book, but kind of like with a feeling of deja vu, um, which is really kind of fun. You're just like, yeah, I like this. Um, 
And like to uh like Angelina had mentioned in the boozy book broads um event, which if you haven't um you know attended one on zoom please you know look out for the next one because they are so much fun and i believe the next one which is in november i think um oh here there's a list of upcoming events so yes the next one is november 20th and it's going to be the the author that they have is jackie lao so you know that i'm gonna be there because i love her so 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 much i'm so excited and then december 18th is stacy agdern who is new to me so i'll be looking up books by her but anyway um you should totally you know join in in the boozy book broads um and love sweet arrow um events because they are a lot of fun they're the third friday of every month at 7 p.m central i was gonna say center oops central um and anyway as angelina had been saying sometimes when you reread um especially older books there may be stuff that you're like oh um wait what like i loved this when i read it at the time but now it makes me cringe um like i had mentioned earlier i have read an enormous amount of diana palmer's backlist um she also wrote as diana blaine i believe at one point and i've read a few of those and now when i reread them there's a part of me that it's weird because on one hand there's a comfort because i know exactly what's gonna happen um but there's also a bit of like ooh, and here comes the moment where we're going to get sort of the preachy part of you know because i you know she she has a lot of heroines who you know are virgins and they're virgins because you know they're not in step with modern times because to do so is the end of all civility and i'm like okay i guess (laughs) and when i was younger i was like oh whatever and now i'm a little older i'm like well this sounds really much like um a moment that you're taking to preach to me via the character um or the hero is also like acts like he's a hoe but he's actually not a hoe and he tends to be older and she's younger and inexperienced and the other woman is always almost always absolutely awful and i'm like we could just make the other woman just you know be a normal woman just not for him does she need to be an evil bitch uh, i don't know i don't know but uh. um and so sometimes you can go back and reread stuff and you're like oh yeah mm, this might have some themes um that are don't feel so great um angelina had mentioned like yeah you sometimes go back and reread older stuff and you know there's the, the consent isn't 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 really there um and you're just kind of like oh he did that huh okay all right i mean sure and so but i think it's also interesting i would say still reread those for a few reasons right reread them because you can then see the growth that the genre has had right you see the change in writing patterns and writing styles and in seeing what kind of information is included isn't included and so you can get an idea of what romance was showing or showcasing at that time versus now um and you can because i mean yes the ones where i'm like oh you just um kidnapped a girl huh oh okay all right um why or it's like i mean the shutting a person up with a kiss trope is real but sometimes I'm like, ooh, this author is using them a little too much. Like, that's all the character ever does. Like, this is why they are having problems because they don't communicate because it's always like, oh, we're about to talk about things. Let's just, just 
shut my mouth on yours. It's like, oh, oh, could we not? Could we? Could we have a conversation? Por favor. Um, so sometimes, yeah, you can go back and reread and you're like, eh, not so good. No, not so good. I don't like it. Um, but sometimes you go back and you reread and you're just like, whoa, this is incredible. And for the ones that I said, like, don't feel dated, those are wonderful. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to talk about that this week because it just, like, literally, as she was saying it on the event, I was like, oh, yeah. There are books that I like reread and it just feels lovely. Like it does, it, it's, it's a wonderful way to spend my time. And I'm not like, oh, that was stupid and a waste of my time. It's more like, oh, that was lovely. And then I can put them away and, it, and they feel like warm hug friend things. I know that sounds weird, but whatever. That's how they feel. Warm hug friend things. It's like you're a warm hug and a friend type thing that I can pull out, not necessarily physically, just you know, bring up on the screen and read and be like, ah, yes. Once again, I am transported to the wonderful warm feelings I had when I read it the first time, and then the second, and then the third, and then the fourth, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah. That is what I wanted to talk about this week. Um, I think that's all I've got. I mean, now I'm thinking of like other books I can go and reread. Um, because why not? <laughs> Just like, oh, what should I reread next? Of course, I've got like a few arcs and a TBR mountain that are probably looking at me like, reread? How about you read all this other stuff? I have bought so many books this quarantine, both digital and in, you know, like physical. And uh, I'm I'm a little behind on reading them. I mean, like I literally have books that I bought from like Indie Books for Romance Day, which was uh, what, in September? Have I read those? Or was it August? Whenever it was. Have I read any of those? No. Not yet. But soon. I mean, I hope. I mean, <laughs> like my Kindle's just like, you've got like a few hundred, not nah, probably like at least a thousand unread books. But it's like hard. There's so much to read that's new. And then there's like stuff I want to go back and reread because it was so fun. So, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, read whatever you want to read. Um, if, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. If you're struggling to read right now, because <laughs> um, <laughs> consider going back and re- reading something you love or something that I realized. So audiobooks, I tried that for like brand new books. Girl, no, can't do it. The only audiobook that was like brand new that I could do was Alyssa Cole's Audible Original, um, The AI Who Loved Me, which that was phenomenal. But other ones I've tried and I'm just like, I can't focus. But books I've already read, rereading them in audio, yes, totally works for me. To- I mean, assuming that I you know, don't hate the narrator's words because there are some where I'm like, oh, you want me to listen to this person for this whole book? I don't think so. I don't think so. My ears are bleeding. Not real. Not real blood. Just imaginary, but still hurt, pain, no like. But yeah, audiobooks of books I've already read, perfection. Perfection. And then I can like, go for a walk and listen to that but if i go for a walk and i try to listen to a brand new book girl no absolutely not my brain is like we're not paying attention just so you know and i'm like but focus on the details and my brain's like nah i don't think so so that i would say um and as always you know get audiobooks from your library um that's what they're there for libby is phenomenal for that um but yeah I wanted to also throw that in there in case you're like well I want to reread but you can also do an and it's a way to like 
read again if especially if you're feeling stuck when it comes to reading which can happen because like i said life right now is all right well that's all i've got for you guys this week take care be safe um i listened to this podcast called the read and kid fury one of the hosts always does this thing at the end where he talks about like three things that really made him happy that week and i'm going to i'm going to steal that three things that made me happy this week um so the first one is i got these candy apple pretzels from um target archer farms and I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh, maybe they'll be good. Maybe they'll be bad. They are amazing. Like, amazing. Like, holy shit. Um, almost too amazing because now I want to, like, eat the entire bag in one sitting. And that's bad. But, like, just, I took a risk on a snack because I'm not a big pretzel person. But I was like, oh, but that sounds real cool. And the risk paid off, my friends. The risk paid off. Okay. The second thing that um, made me happy this week. I logged into Idlewise Plus and found out that I was, you know, I had requested an arc of Alyssa Cole's How to Catch a Queen. And they gave me the chance. So I'm going to be able to read that arc. And I'm like, like, I think I screamed because I, I think I'd, um, requested it on that galley and I'd always, and that galley was like, girl, no. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And then I forgot to check Idlewise And then I checked it and my life changed. Like my life literally changed. Like I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then the third thing that, you know, made me really happy this week, um, two of my closest friends, um, both had baby boys this year, one in July, the other in October, and they sent me pictures and it's just been so nice to see these pictures and I'm so happy and so excited that these two boys are here. Um, I cannot... I cannot wait to meet them, you know, real meet them, not just virtually, but just seeing pictures of them. Oh, just they're so fucking cute. I love it. I love it so much. So, yeah, those are the three things that made me happy this week. Um, And I think I'll be trying to do this every week because you know what? Sometimes we forget about the things that spark joy Um, and it's easy to like. I don't know, kind of be all like, okay, sparking joy, positivity, shut the fuck up. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm very much like, oh, girl, okay, I get it. You're positive. Stop it. Oh, your positivity is going to make me puke over there. Um, but, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, so, yeah, that is it for this week. Take care. Be great. And I will talk to y'all next week. All right. Bye.